What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I'm the other one for today, Cody Stoffer. And we are continuing our Top 5 Seniors series here, talking about the class of 2024 here in Colorado. As we approach the end, we are talking about defensive tackles, defensive linemen. So think mostly players who will play, or at least projected to play, on the interior of the defensive line, slash most of their senior year. They played on that interior of the defensive line. So in between the tackles, not as much on the edge. Um, I feel like more so this year than previous years. We have a lot of guys who would go out and play a little bit on the edge, like on that edge rush, in that edge rusher position and whatnot. But, you know, that's just how versatile you got to be. And I, I like it. Honestly, I do like it. So not as many nose tackles or traditional nose tackles, but a lot of uh, guys who can play in multiple defensive linemen positions in different schemes and whatnot. But before we go into all of that, let me go ahead and break down our process here. So keeping it simple, myself and Cody, we both individually evaluate different players here. Um, We do it on our own and we grade a little bit differently for each category. I'm just going to throw that out there just so that everyone knows that. And we have 10 categories. Power slash strength, play recognition, agility, run stopping, speed rush, power rush, hand slash extension, that's one, tackling, hit power, and frame. Add those up for an overall grade there, and then there you go there, that's our individual grade that myself and Cody give each player and then we go ahead and average out our grades so that we get our PMC grade which is how we go ahead and rank these players there Um, just so that it is clear and I think most people know this by now but just so that it's clear you know with the grades that we give if we give them a grade anywhere between four to seven I believe that's about uh, the average level that we graded them out at so like the skill that we gave them that four to seven grade for that's about average at least for the high school level anything from eight to nine that's above average for sure to good you know i think closer to eight is about three star closer to nine is about four star and then nine to ten that's about a you know four star to five star talent at that specific skill there just so that we break that down so that the viewers know and then to add on to that we went ahead as a baseline and evaluated the top two interior defensive linemen in the country so that we could properly compare our guys compared to everyone else in the country nationally as well and so we looked at Aiden Breland, the Oregon commit from modern day, 6'5", 290. He's an absolute beast. And we looked at Justin Scott as well, committed to Miami, 6'5", 315. This was a really tall defensive lineman class, I feel like, nationally as well, which I think that's just kind of where the position is going, Get getting just huge 6'5", plus linemen get out there. I think the days of... Uh, you know, some some shorter nose tackles and whatnot. Maybe it's definitely in the past for sure. But six five seems to be the new six two. Isn't that right, Cody? And is there anything else I missed before we go into our first prospect here? I just want to say that I had a ton of fun watching the best of the best in the country this time around with Aiden Breland and Justin Scott. I mean, 
those guys were just monsters in the middle and i think that it provided both you know a good baseline and a point of contrast for this class here but you know i will say that you know it also helped this class as well seeing some of the things that maybe i wouldn't say were at the exact level but some things that they did well that i think matched up somewhat well as well you know where a colorado kid is doing something extremely well and i can tell that because i watched the best people in the country do it well and we could see examples of that in spots with this class at the interior so i really enjoyed watching that film and yeah i would say i would also say that for this one it's very top heavy at this position for like our evaluations and whatnot. And we'll get into that in just a second. Coach V, do you want to talk about the first guy who made our list here at the number five spot? Yes, I'm really excited about this one, but let's go ahead and head into it. So the number five class of 2024 defensive tackle here. In the state of Colorado is Banning Lewis Academy's Braden Skinner, the 6'2", 300-pound, basically nose tackle. I think he's the only true nose tackle that made this top five list here. You know, this is a kid that I've been able to watch and really admire his game, you know, for about two or so years now as Banning Lewis Academy is kind of a newer program over there. And, you know, they did a really good job developing him and putting him in putting him in positions to succeed and so let me talk about some of the things i really like number one the frame gave him an 8.662300 you know there's definitely a time where that was kind of the standard you know and whatnot and i still think it's not bad like it's definitely undersized compared to a lot of the top defensive interior defensive linemen in the country but 62300 that's a good spot to be at about average i would say the 300 pound mark is really important as well i think he carries that weight pretty well and he is the heaviest guy on this list and i think that's worth noting and that shows in his power slash strength which was the highest out of all the top five guys i evaluated here um personally in this top five gave him an 8.6 i mean he He's playing against 1A talent, and, you know, it is what it is. People are going to go ahead and disrespect it. We obviously don't. I think the power is obviously there. You know, I got to watch him play many guys, many pretty big guys, you know, over the last couple years. CSCS, Colorado Springs Christian School. They've had some big offensive linemen over there. Um, specifically this one kid who's like 6'7", 300, and Skinner was basically bench-pressing him all game long, you know, when I watched him play them this year. I also got to watch him play against America Lorenzi, Lorenzini, excuse me, from Wiggins, who was a bigger guy. Um, Wiggins, they always have those big, nasty defensive linemen, you know, and he fared pretty well against him in that playoff matchup that I saw. And then I looked at the Lyman film. You know, they obviously have some big guys, and he did a pretty solid job against them. Just getting a good push, you know, moving some guys around, changing the look at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes, you know, you, you got to keep it simple. You got to eat up those double teams and get those pushes where you can. And so that's what he did there. So absolutely loved seeing that. Um, I'm just going to go over some other grades here real quick. Gave him an 8.5. 
for hit or sorry for tackling. Gave him an 8.4 for play recognition, 8.2 for run stopping. He's a pretty solid run stopping defensive tackle. The number of times I've seen him be able to diagnose a run play, and there are many different run plays. I'd argue that. I'd argue that on the 1A level, there's a lot more creative run plays and misdirections than on maybe even the 5A or 4A level, just being straight up honest there, you know, and so there's a lot of misdirections, a lot of movements, he did a really good job, you know, not biting too hard on anything, but being able to still fill his lane and get into the backfield when he can, like I said, against Wiggins and Colorado Springs Christian this last year, got to see him get in the backfield a whole ton, and you don't do that without having some sort of idea of what the other team is doing. And both of those teams are teams that run the ball in, you know, very efficient ways, but very different ways. Colorado Springs Christian obviously doing it out of shotgun a lot more since they are more of a spread team. Wiggins, um, especially this year after losing Cole Kerr and some of these other guys, you know, going more towards a... I guess stacked wing T type of formation, I formation, a lot of I formation over there. So I thought he did a really good job there. So yeah, but Cody, what are some things that you liked about Braden Skinner's game here? You know, this was a kid that we've had on our watch list for about two or three years now. Yeah, I'd say when it comes to Brayden, he operates on the principle of being an immovable object. And he plays that role very, very well. I think that, you know, his strength and his play recognition, those were the biggest things for me outside of his frame that I gave an 8.7. Like you said, it's not really the standard now, but once upon a time, this would probably be closer to like a 9. The fact that he's at that 300 pounds and that he does, you know, I'd say despite his agility not being the highest grade for me, he moves pretty dang well for his size and frame. So I think that's something that's worth noting here. And then his power slash strength. Now, obviously getting a push is important, but not being able to be pushed is also very important, especially like you said, against some of these run teams, you know, there are, there's D1 size on the 1A level, I always like to reference Dalton Reisner, who played at Wiggins, Colorado. So, you know, there's always that, and he went on to play in the NFL. So I digress just a little bit here, but his ability to stand his ground against double teams is very impressive. That's why his strength here at an 8.3, I think is pretty accurate. And then his play recognition as well, he battles pretty well and, you know, understands when it's a pass when it's a run and he reads the read option pretty well in the instances where that is present in the film so i think that all of those grayed out nice and then you know his run stopping i have graded at an 8.1 i have it as one of his strengths and then you know some of the things as we go down the list power rush i have it at a 7.9 it's like fine but nothing crazy, I don't think. His hand slash extension, I think that he uses his hands pretty well, and he tries to keep those interior linemen off of him. That way he can read the play. Tackling at an 8, hit power at a 7.7. All these things are, like, fine, I would say, but I do think that the biggest areas of improvement lie in his speed rush and his agility, sitting at a 6.8 and a 6.6, .6 respectively, here. He's not beating guys across their face like that. He's not exploding off the line super quickly, and he just doesn't move great. I mean, he moves laterally with runs well, 
And, you know, that is an asset, which is why this gets to a 6.6. But his actual just ability to open up his hips and turn is not really there. And so I'd have some concerns running stunts and, you know, different things like that and just putting him in different positions. But I'd say that Skinner right now is an awesome first and second down interior defensive lineman. And, you know, he's somebody who is getting looks on that kind of D2 level a little bit here. Coach V, do you have anything to kind of bounce off of what I had to say or any other notes that you wanted to add before we talk about just some of the un underlooked interest that he's getting? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, definitely agree with what you had to say about his agility. I gave him a 6.5. I mean, for his size, he can move relatively well. Not like, you know, freakishly, but like he moves relatively well. There's a lot of defensive tackles out there who are big, but can't move as well as he can. So I gave him a 6.5. That's one of his lowest grades. That's actually the lowest out of everyone on this top five list. Um, he's definitely somebody that I would not want to put on the edge in any sort of way. And I just keep him inside, which is fine. That's just his style there. Um, other grades I want to touch on real quick here. Gave him sevens for speed rush, power rush. The, he has some moves. I think the biggest thing for me having watched him live so many times like at least four or five times these last two years it's just inconsistent like i could see i could see the mindset i could see the plan there you know but it just comes down to execution each year he's gotten better but i think it could be a little bit more precise and so it's more of a consistency thing for me than anything just like hands and extension there are times he has great hands and he extends really well you know just making sure guys don't get on him um but like i said he definitely there are definitely noticeable moments where it's like ah you're kind of just throwing your body in there like you need a you need to get some extension here so you could get a good push and you just it's it's just very inconsistent right so would love to see some more consistencies there and then hit power gave him a 7.7 .7 altogether gave him an overall grade of about a 78 and you know when talking about him being under recruited and whatnot and kind of projecting forward here first off he plays on the 1a level so there's already that lower class bias he's already going to get disrespected more so than some other guys even though he'd dominate um or do just as well at least on the 2a 3a 4a probably 5a level as well he'd be a good you know player to have him there i know pine creek probably would have love to have somebody as big as him in the middle of their uh, defense uh, that probably would have went a long way and not allowing Brady Weldon to run for like 150 yards on 10 carries on them so in the playoffs uh, that's all I'm saying there even though they only had one top five lineman but I digress with that being said you know I think he's a firm d2 guy not because of the competition he won against but just kind of the style of defensive tackle is like i said he's probably more of a true nose tackle like in true interior defensive lineman i don't know i, I don't know like how many pass rushing opportunities you're gonna include him in 
you know, because I know a lot of teams love running different stunts and just giving offensive lines different looks using faster guys. I think speed is definitely something a lot of DCs are leaning more towards rather than raw power. But you're always going to need guys like a Braden Skinner who's going to fill that lane, you know, who, like you said, who's going to fill that gap and just hold it down over there and eat those double teams. But I think because of his play style and because of his size and whatnot and athleticism, he's probably D2. And I think he could be a good rotational tackle at wherever he goes to. Um, but he just needs the opportunity, I think, is the biggest thing. I, I didn't see a whole ton of uh, offers on his social media when I looked. But Cody, what do you think about what I just said there about Braden here? Well, oddly enough, Braden is one of the only prospects that we had the exact same overall score on. And when I say only, I don't just mean this episode, y'all. I mean every single episode we've recorded. I There's got to be only like one or two other guys where we had the exact same score, and that was a 78 here. And I do think that, yeah, he's on that D2 level. He's visited CSU Pueblo. He's visited Emporia. And he was invited to a CSU practice in the spring. I don't really see that CSU practice invite materializing into anything really but i think that on the d2 or naia level Braden is a great rotational piece to have definitely want to have him out on first down definitely want to have him in that goal line situation somebody who's going to just force the other team to not really pay attention to the middle of the field and those you know zero one or two gaps there and force them to go towards the outside run some more power for some more stretch plays and make his teammates make plays and if you have somebody like that that forces the other team to not call specific things that's pretty good and he's somebody who's held up against you know quarterback sneaks and stuff like that and that is a huge situational play and especially with like tush push getting the flowers that it's been getting recently and kind of almost an increase in popularity, not of the QB sneak, but specifically of the way that it's being run as far as tush pushing, you know, having a guy like Braden Skinner there who can at least just be in one place would be pretty huge, but definitely a rotational guy on the next level. And yeah, somebody who I think could uh, make some plays, you know, as a rotational piece. And, you know, honestly, at this point for Braden, I think that you just embrace the style of player that you are and you just continue down that path, honestly, and you just continue to get bigger and stronger and just continue to clog up lanes. Obviously, get more athletic too, but I mean, Brayden, he's somebody who I could see, you know, in a couple of years being one of those 315-pound nose tackles where, you know, on first and second down, you almost have to pass or get the ball outside. And if your defense is keying in on that, you can make some plays in that way. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I know we keep saying rotational guy, rotational guy. That's not a bad thing. That means you're getting playing time, right? And it means you're important to the team still in some way. Because, I mean, either way, football is football. You're going to need some beef up front. You're going to need guys like a Braden Skinner who's bigger, you know, and a little bit, a lot more powerful and could take on some of those things and just be gritty in the trenches. You, need, you know, you need someone to set the tone. And so... I know we keep saying rotational guy and whatnot, but that doesn't mean he can't start in some games and get in there and then, you know, come out in certain situations. That's still a good thing. I just want to make sure that's, like, clear, 
you know, like you're still an important piece to the team and, you know, still somebody that is probably worth giving scholarship money to regardless because, I mean, every team could use size up front, right, Cody? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it takes depth to be a successful football team. So yeah, do not take offense to a rotational guy. Rotational guy on the next level of football is a big deal. So, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. That rotational guy could get you that goal line stand to send you to the chip or send you to the playoffs or win you a conference championship. It happens a lot more than you think. But yeah, um, love his game. You know, happy to get him on here. He's, I think... The second, or I guess third ever, only 1A defensive player to make our top five list. The first one being Sprague from a couple years ago, and then the second one being Trade and Mark. So, obviously love seeing our, you know, lower classification guys make this list. But uh, I don't have too much more to add. Cody, if you have anything to add, go for it. But uh, if you want to talk about this number four guy... It's all on you. Yeah, we're heading the complete other direction here as far as classification goes. And we will kind of stay there almost for the remainder of the episode here. And that is with our number four interior defensive lineman of the class of 2024 here in Colorado, Tyrese Johnson, the Air Force commit here out of Ralston Valley, who, you know, scored pretty close to, you know, a three-star rating here. And so let's talk about him. I was pretty high on his agility. I feel like he's, or at least according to my grades, he's the second most agile guy on the list. And I think that one play in particular that stood out for me with that grade is he was on the left side of the center from the defense's perspective, of course. And, you know, he gets like a little swim move and the play flows the other way. It flows to the right and he goes a all the way across the field with his gas tank and he makes the tackle over on the right side boundary and for him to be able to traverse through you know different bodies all over and get through and get to the other side of the field and make that tackle that really stuck out to me and so you know his agility sticks out in a few other ways as well just his ability to be square and to be able to open up his hips i think is definitely one of the things that makes him a stronger player for this Rouston Valley defense. And then when you combine that with some of his speed rushing techniques here, his ability to get off the line is pretty good. He has some hand fighting moves as well, and he's pretty quick, honestly. And you know, you can run stunts with him as well, which I think is important, especially at that interior spot. And you know, he can make plays against tackles as well. So I think that those are some of the things that he does pretty well. I also had his hit power and frame and play recognition all above an eight as well. And yeah, those are some of the things that I thought he did well. Coach V, what are some things that you think Tyrese did well? Well, he did well at a lot of things. It's definitely arguable that he was the focal point of this Ralston Valley defense this year. Obviously, last year, it was Jason Tommy, I, I would say at least. But this year, there were multiple games he took over. The first one that came, comes to mind here is that Week 0 game against Mountain Vista. He was everywhere, 
right? You know, just a great, like, energizer player out there. Quick, fast, like you said, at least for a defensive tackle, he's pretty fast. Um, just brings a lot of energy there, and it shows. Against Pine Creek, he took over that game. I got to watch that playoff game. He did well. Against Cherry Creek, he battled against those guys. Um, not, not as... I, okay, definitely, like, you know, that week one game. But I was, I'm thinking more of that playoff game. I was very impressed with how well he did against the run and, you know, getting pressure on Brady Vodka as well. Like, that was huge for a Ralston Valley. And so, really admire his game here. Um, let me talk about his top grades. Gave him 8.54 play recognition, 8.4 for frame. I love that 6.4 frame. 265, definitely on the lighter side, but I think you could grow into that, obviously. He got the freshman 20. So, assuming he takes a red shirt, uh, he's probably going to be closer to 6'4", 285, which you could definitely live with. And then, um, just go, I might as well just going to summarize these other grades here. 8.2 for speed rush, you know, very quick, out, just out hand fights a lot of opposing offensive linemen who are just not quick enough to keep up with him. He does that a lot. Hands and extension, same type deal, 8.3. Tackling's pretty solid, I think. It could be inconsistent at times, but gave him an 8.1 there. And then, uh, Cody, do you mind if I talk about some of my lower grades for for him and some areas of improvement? Proceed. So, gave him a 7.54 hit power. I mean, it's fine. Um, He's not going to, like, just absolutely pop somebody, but, you know, it's going to hurt when he's running at you at full speed for sure, though. So, there's that. 7.7 for run stopping. I'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, But gave him a 7.2 for power rush and a 6 for power and strength. I think when it comes down to run stopping, like he knows where the play is going. That's that's the part that sucks, and you could see it. That's why I gave him an 8.5 for play recognition. He's a very smart kid. He's very aware, knows what's happening. You could tell he knows where blocking schemes or what blocking schemes are happening and where he needs to be. Now, most of the time, he's going to use his speed and agility to get there, right? But he knows this. Sometimes, you got to just stand your ground and do your best and try to get a push right there. And that's kind of the thing that hurts him because just, I mean, he's just not super strong. You know, at least compared to these other top five senior defensive linemen, I gave him a six. Um, it's It sounds worse than what it is, but it's about average like, he's not going to get a crazy push, you know, but he's not going to get pancaked either. So that's kind of where I see him at. If he was stronger, I think that run-stopping ability goes up all the way because then, you know, he's able to fight off double teams and guards and centers. Like, even right now, I think he struggles one-on-one with guards and centers. And so when it comes down to double teams, it's like it, there's just not a lot there. Like, he's not going to be able to beat many double teams with a pure brute power uh, without relying on that speed and agility. And, you know, my concern when it comes to interior linemen or just defensive linemen, period, who rely on that speed and agility, it's that, you know, they give up so much ground trying to go around blockers and whatnot, and it's just not efficient. You know, the quickest way to a point is just straight. And if you don't have the power to do that, it's just, it's not good. I mean, he's not, like I said, he's not getting blown off his block all the time. But there are definitely a couple of times where he just gets dominated at the point of attack where he knows he has to go pure power right there. And so that's definitely something that 
I think could be, I mean, it could be improved on. He just needs to get stronger, put on some more weight. Ideally, if he could get to a playing weight of 300 pounds, I think he's in a great spot. But just right now, the strength is really holding him back from being like a more complete defensive lineman. So there's that. But, I mean, you look at the tools he already has, you still got to feel good about it. It's just he's not really a power guy. He's more of a finesse speed like he'll add a lot of speed to your defense type guy that you could run a bunch of different looks with but when it comes to pure power maybe not put him in that position to take on a double team or go up against a pretty strong offensive lineman or a stronger offensive lineman is what I should say but Cody what do you think about what I have to say there do you think it's fair and you know what is your evaluation what was your final grade my final grade was a 78.2 just 0.2 higher than Braden Skinner here yeah so my final grade was a 79.3 and I had a lot of the same qualms with him as an interior defensive lineman I think that his power slash strength is severely underwhelming and I think that you know in turn his power rushing is also not super impressive so he is definitely somebody who relies a lot more on his speed but when you combine that lack of power slash strength in the game, and then, you know, something else that I wasn't a huge fan of is he's kind of undisciplined when going to tackle, honestly. And, you know, a lot of these guys, they're going to be tackling pretty high, but Tyrese is somebody who just would, like, straight up miss tackles sometimes. And then he bounces back by, you know, having the ability to punch the ball out and whatnot there that, you know, kind of helps it out a little bit with his tackling. But... I just think that he's really raw and he needs to get a lot bigger. And, you know, the things that he does well now, I think will help him make a few plays. But as of right now, he's like a situational interior defensive lineman on like third and longs is kind of what his trajectory is right, right now. And he's going to have to improve just a little bit here. And like you said, I think that the big focus here when he gets to Air Force is going to be to, you know, just get bigger and stronger. And I do think that he's probably a couple years away from playing, if I have to be honest. So definitely gives me red shirt vibes. And yeah, that's kind of my outlook for Tyrese here. Cumulative score at PMC of a 78.75. But that's that's all I have to say about Tyrese. If you have anything else to add on, please do. But other than that, uh, feel free to introduce our number three guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the trajectory. I think he could be a starter for Air Force here. The thing with defensive linemen is that all of them take red shirts. It's rare that any of them play as freshmen anyways. So, I mean, two or three years waiting and whatnot. That's pretty normal, I think. And I think he can be a starter because, in my honest opinion, if you can't gain 20 pounds as an as a lineman at a D1 program from freshman to sophomore year, then I this is going to sound controversial, but I don't think you're working hard enough at that point. Um, there are some guys I know that struggle with putting on weight and whatnot, but honestly, if you really can't put on more than 15 pounds, it's like, dude, like, what are you doing in your redshirt year? You know, and so Air Force is a good enough program, too, where it's like it's not on the coaches if you can't do it, you know. So 
I more or less just kind of expect him to get his power up, get his strength up, get his frame up. Um, that's just kind of holding him to a higher standard, honestly. But it's Air Force football. It's the most successful football in Colorado as far as colleges go, I would say. Uh, D1 colleges go. And yeah, I think he can be a starter for this team. I think he could play at a 315, 320 in three years. And that should probably be as expected. And if we can't, then yeah, he's a rotational guy, plain and simple. And it's disappointing, but I think, honestly, he can be a starter. It's just on him. So we'll just have to see about that. So uh, yeah, but let's kind of move this thing on, though, and talk about the number three defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman in the class of 24 here in Colorado. And it's Rock Canyon's Chaz Barnett, the 6'5", 252-pound defensive lineman here. Um, let me go ahead and just hop into all his grades here. I'll keep it pretty quick. Gave him an 8.7 for hands and extension, 8.5 for tackling frame. Gave him an 8.4. He's definitely on the lighter side, but I like the 6.5 part. Assuming he's going to develop and whatnot, that's really good, right? Also, like I said, just going down, uh, talking about all his grades, 8.1 power strength, 8.4 play recognition, 8.1 agility, 8.2 run stopping, 8.3 power rush. Um, those were his higher grades here and I'll save the, his lower grades for the end, but I mean, all around, he's a pretty good defensive lineman. He's a tall dude. So he gets great extension at the line, um, and has pretty good strength and power at six, five, two I'm talking more so about the two fifty part, despite being only 250 pounds and weighing the least out of everyone on this list. He is pretty strong when he's in the trenches in between the tackles and whatnot. You know, he gets a good push. You know, he doesn't get bullied around too much. He gets really good leverage. I think that goes a long way for him, um, which is why I gave him an 8.7 in hands and extension there. And I think that helps his game out a whole ton. And on top of that, I mean, he's just an all around very good athlete. Uh, agility, like I said, 8.1. He should be kind of a. Uh, a more quicker athlete at 250 pounds, but you know, he moves pretty well. And that's some things that you obviously love to see there. And so he does a lot of things well from stopping the run, pass rushing, you know, just an all around good athlete. But I think the biggest thing about his game here is just his frame length wingspan. You know, he's just able to get his hands on other guys before they could even touch him. And he just gets good leverage on a consistent basis. I know guys with bigger wingspans sometimes struggle with getting leverage. That's really not a problem with Chaz, which is a recipe for a really good project player and potentially a really good player on the next level here in the next couple of years. Just a guy with great length and great leverage. You really can't go wrong with that, honestly. Uh, and a solid athlete as well. But Cody, what do you think about what I had to say? And, you know, what do you think about Chaz Barnett's game? Yeah, I do think that he definitely plays way stronger than his frame describes i actually had him as the strongest guy on this list believe it or not with an 8.8 in power size strength i mean just the way he literally toss the way he literally tosses guards and tackles to the side like he's taking out the trash is wild like that is something that you know i think more closely resembled some of the the great power size strength that I saw while evaluating some of the other guys. Obviously not graded as high as those guys, but 8.8, that's pretty pretty strong, I'd say. And then 
As far as other things that I liked from Chaz here, I liked his ability to power rush and I liked his hand slash extension. You know, I think that when he was reading or trying to read plays, he could create a lot of distance between him and whoever was trying to block him. And so, you know, while he is a bit lighter at 252, he's at six foot five, which is kind of what's become the prototype for the interior defensive lineman. And it's really easy to see why, because gosh, these guards, you know, if they're six foot two, six foot three, like most guards are, they're not even going to be able to get their hands on you at that interior defensive line position when you have them so far away. And not only that, I just think that, you know, he's got, you know, just enough as well as far as, you know, his hands and what he can do with them. He's got powerful swipes to get other hands off of him. And yeah, I just think that all of that combined with the fact that he just plays really nasty. You know, I'm just watching his film. I'm like, yeah, this is an interior defensive lineman. He revels in this. He has no problem just getting down and dirty. And yeah, no, that's what made his film really fun to watch here. I think some other things that he did well, obviously, you know, when you're really powerful and you get a push like that, your run stopping is bound to be pretty all right. I have it at an 8.3. His agility's at an 8.1, but I feel like that might take a dip down as he does need to gain, does have to gain more weight. So, you know, I think that that's that's subject right now. You know, his frame, I have it graded at an eight because I like how tall he is, but he definitely just needs to put on some weight. And so let's talk about some of the things as well that he could improve on. And I think that the biggest thing here is that his play recognition is not super strong. I think that, you know, he just sees plays a little bit slower. And, you know, he re he's way more reactive than proactive when it comes to play recognition compared to everyone on this list and even watching nationally. I think that, you know, he is more prone to falling for play actions. He's a little bit more prone to being frozen on a read option or an RPO or anything of that sort. He's more likely to bite on screens and stuff like that. So I think that he just needs to watch a little bit more film. He needs to be a little bit more tuned in and his instincts just need to grow a little bit here for his play recognition. And then I also think that his tackling is just a hair sloppy. I have it graded at a 7.9 and when he does tackle, I think it's well, but he's also somebody who leaps at tackles and he just gets a little impatient and that will lead to missed tackles on the next level for sure. There's no reason that you need to be jumping around at six foot five, you know, eventually when you're at your playing weight, probably like 275, 280, you don't need to be diving for tackles. Just recognize the play, get in the right position, make the tackle. And then his uh, hit power is the second lowest on here as well. I just think that he does a good job when he does tackle of like wrapping up, but there's not really a ton of plays where Chaz Barnett like slams somebody to the ground. I'm like, damn, or he just really pops someone in the action. So all of that added up. I had him graded at an 81.1 here. Coach V, why don't you take us through kind of your reaction to some of the things I had to say, as well as some things that you think he could work on and how that bodes for him looking at the next level where, I mean, he's not hurting for offers. Yeah, I, 
I wasn't as low on his play recognition. I mean, I had him at an 8.4. I think a lot of it might just be him playing a lot more freely and just knowing the guys back there. I mean, they had a good secondary, a really tall secondary. Will Rosemeyer, who's like 6'2". Uh, Austin Bowker, their safety, 6'4". You know, I think all their other corners are 6'2". Linebackers are all 6 foot plus. I think they also had a, a really good inside linebacker as well uh, in that 6 foot range. And then defensive ends are really tall too. So you kind of got a lot of length and a lot of versatility on this Rock Canyon defense. And so like, I think that just kind of frees them up to do a little bit more. And that could just be coaching, being like, hey, you know, just just go hit somebody, right? Get out there, go play free, right? Don't overthink it, you know, like go go be the aggressor and go be the tone setter. And so I think it looks really bad in some plays, but I see, <coughs> I mean, I see like in comp- like where he fits in that defense, I kind of see how it all goes down and whatnot. Obviously, I mean, if you're just focusing on him, it's like, all right, well, what are you doing? Like, you're doing a little bit too much, but there are definitely safety blankets there to hold him down. Uh, I I would agree that on the next level, he's going to have to be a little bit more disciplined, but it's definitely not as worse as what I have seen, though. So there is that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I really had there. As far as tackling goes, I I get what you mean with the whole leaping thing. I think I put more of that into hit power because I think there are times where, yeah, he's, like, trying to initiate the tackle from a lot farther away than he should, whereas he should probably be running through dudes. And I, I wouldn't say, like, body slamming them or throwing them or anything like that. I think nowadays in football, that's definitely considered dirty, and you can't just, like do that to somebody but you could definitely still run through a player's face mask and put your shoulder pads into their you know face and just you know hit him right or not face i should say that's also considered dirty probably chest right and then make a good form tackle but you could still run through them um and i think tackling wise it's fine he wraps up you know that's kind of more what i'm looking for than anything but as far as hit power goes you know you could run through guys a little bit more here pause and make sure that you know you really are able to get the full leverage that you have into their pads and you know just hit a little bit harder i think there are just times where he's reaching like you said and i mean i guess that could be considered tackling but i consider it a little bit more hip power so it's fixable there but in general i mean uh, my lowest grades for him was speed rush and hip power hip power already talked about speed rush 7.7 i think there are definitely flashes of really good speed rushes but it's it's a little it's it's the timing's off for sure and so he just needs to get more consistent altogether though gave him an 81.7 um look I think bottom line, he is a very tall player with a good wingspan. I mean, he's 6'5", but like you compare his wingspan compared to the other guys who are all 6'4". Like everyone else on this list is 6'4", except for Braden Skinner, right? But Chaz, his arms seem a lot longer than a lot of those guys, despite only being one inch taller, at least listed wise, right? And so you absolutely love to see that. You love to see that he's pretty mobile for the most part. Love to see that he gets good leverage, that he's tough, he's gritty, he'll get in there. But you can also move him around as well. And so I think for Chaz Barnett, there's a lot of potential moving forward. And, you know, despite him kind of being 
you know, undersized weight-wise. I think he is definitely a... I mean, I think he could be a steal on the next level and a diamond in the rough. But, Cody, you know, why don't you go ahead and talk about his outlook and some of the offers he has moving forward? Yeah, so Chaz here just littered with offers here. I mean, it started with, you know, the local CSU Pueblo offer and went to Puget Sound. But then he got a Wyoming offer, an Eastern Washington offer, a Cal Davis, an Army, and most recently an Air Force offer. So a couple of those military schools here. But, you know, I definitely think that as far as, like, culture goes, Chas Barnett kind of gives me Wyoming vibes, honestly. So, but I think that he'd be a great fit, obviously, at any of these spots. You know, Eastern Washington, that is on the FCS level. And, you know, I think that Chaz, at his best, especially with that frame, is definitely, like, his height and wingspan is definitely FBS level. And then, like you said, he should be able to gain, I mean, most of these guys should be able to gain weight if necessary. And so Chaz with another, he probably has to do a little bit more as far as probably gain like 20-ish pounds, maybe 25 pounds. But I mean, he's somebody who could be an absolute game wrecker on the next level. He just needs to just be ironed out in a few spots here. Just needs to acquire a little bit more discipline, honestly. And like you said, his role with the Jaguars was a little bit different just because of the surrounding cast. But I think that he could be a really complete player, and I really like the upside that he has. And honestly, I think that out of all these guys, as far as ceiling goes, he might have the highest one. Coach V, your thoughts on these offers and even on that last statement there with potentially having the highest ceiling out of all these guys. Well, yeah, he definitely has the highest ceiling. I think he's somebody who's getting offered because of the potential that a lot of teams see in him. And it's not a bad thing. It does put a lot of pressure on him to perform, though, because, I mean, you know, he's not somebody who's already at 280 and doesn't have too much more of a ways to go as far as eye test and, uh, I mean, you know, weight test, I guess, goes. But he's going to have to put in some work here regardless I'm still, I mean, I still feel good about it, though. I think he could be really good on the next level. Uh, I see why a lot of those teams are offering him. I do think he's D1, kind of that FCS group of five level. And I, I will throw this out there. If he doesn't work out at defensive tackle, like maybe he's just not able to gain enough weight. I could also see him be a pretty capable edge rusher, more of a power edge rusher. Like, think more... Chris Jones. Like, think more of a... Did you say Chris Jones? Yes. I Yeah, he plays more interior. I think he plays a lot more interior but than But when he is I'm kicked out of. to that kind of no, yeah. spot... I, he, I was thinking more of, of an Aiden Hutchinson style. type. Yeah. No, I get okay. you. I get you. Like, as, I mean, I, I was thinking more too. of like an edge rusher. Yeah, like... Like, definitely more of an Aiden Hutchinson. Like, you know, he could play at that 260-ish range, be a power rusher, you know, be probably be more of a situational guy, rotational guy, more so than, you know, someone who's getting the majority of the snaps. 
But, you know, there's a lot of upside here. There's a lot of versatility here. He's a good enough athlete where you're looking at him and you're like, all right, there's a couple of different pathways that we can take with Chaz Barnett if you're the strength and conditioning coach over there or the position coach over at any of those schools. And I think that's a big deal. You know, just being a great, well-rounded player who's also a pretty well-rounded athlete too. And so wherever he goes, we'll obviously be rooting for him. Um, but... You know, excited for him. I'm glad he's getting the love he's getting, you know, over at Rock Canyon, who's not necessarily a school that will get that benefit of the doubt, I feel like. So that's that's definitely a plus for Colorado recruiting, wouldn't you say, Cody? Uh, and also, I don't have too much more to add on here unless you do. Nope, that kind of settles it for Chaz. And I'm just I am very excited to see where he goes and what he brings to whatever squad he goes to on the next level. So, and then also, I feel like we skipped over this for the nth time, but uh, Chaz or anybody else who wants to come on to the show and talk chalk here a little bit or talk recruitment and stuff like that, please, please do come on and we'll have you here. We'll get those invites sent out pretty soon, especially considering this is the second to last recording that we're doing on january 6 2024 so shout out all these guys and all of our other top five players including the next one here our number two interior defensive lineman of the class of 2024 in colorado and that is the celebrity himself the tiktok star odin johnston here who also does his thing on the field here you know i think that <clears throat> watching his film his hits felt like some of the only ones that packed a crazy punch and had me verbally reacting like, oh, you know, there is one particular hit against this team where the quarterback's winding up and Odin has just a free shot. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is probably going to fall incomplete with how hard he's about to get blasted. And he really does. And he has a few hits like that as well. I think that he's actually, at least in my eyes here, the hardest hitter on this list so out of these top five guys and then in addition to that he's got a nice use of hands to go with some nice power moves that i think shows itself kind of on both sides of the film you know i think that his power slash strength i have graded at an 8.4 here and i think that he's one of the more consistent tacklers at the position as well wrapping up at the hips following through and kind of like what coach V was talking about running through guys as well. So I think that those are all things that he does pretty well. And then, you know, I think that his hand fighting definitely benefits from being on the offensive side of the ball as well. He has some pretty solid tackle film as well. Just wasn't somebody that was going to make our top five tackle list because I mean, that's just such a competitive position here, but you know, he uses a tough bull rush to clog up the run game and, create issues in the past game as well. And I'd say that, you know, he's a pretty balanced player whose footwork allows him to run stunts and be a bit more versatile on that defensive line. So his run stopping, I have graded at an 8.5. His power slash strength, I have graded at an 8.4. And along with his hit power at an 8.4, those are some of the higher grades that I have for him. His tackling sits at an 8.3. His power rush sits at an 8.2 for me. His hand slash extension sits at an 8.1 for me. And yeah, I'd say that also his play recognition is pretty solid as well at an 8.1. Some of the things that I think he can improve on, 
I think that his speed rush, I mean, I think he has an initial good first step, but I don't know. I feel like it's just lacking a little bit more mobility. And so that's why his agility here at an 8.1 is also just some things that he can kind of improve on, I think. Simon, you and I evaluated Odin very, very differently here. But at the end of the day, I put him at an 82.8. And I kind of like his ability to get on the field a little bit sooner than later if he were to be committing as a defensive lineman. But let's hear what you think is a little bit different here, whether you want to start with areas of improvement or strengths. Yeah, um, I'll just go down the line here. So starting with his highest grades, gave him 8.7 in speed rush, 8.6 in frame, obviously 6'4", 275. That's, you know, not a guy who's too short, not a guy who's too light. I think that's a great spot to be at, honestly. So there you go there. Uh, 8.5 for hands and extension, 8.4 for run stopping, 8.2 for agility and play recognition, then 8.3 for strength. He's a solid athlete over there, who I think could move pretty well for someone at 6'4", 275. I mean, look, I'm, I'm definitely evaluating more from a defensive tackle perspective. So for a defensive tackle to have the first step that he has is absolutely insane. And for somebody who plays... I mean, he plays kind of all over. Like, he will line up at defensive end and dominate guys with this speed, which is the insane part. But also inside, he has a good first step as well. And so that's why I really like his speed rush. I think he gets a lot of his pass rush by just getting a really good start and getting his hands on them quick and then putting a move on him, right? And the moves are pretty consistent to the point where I'm like, all right, I, I see you. I see you. You know, it's it's a very it's very lethal. You know, if you don't have the counter moves as an offensive lineman to combat that, then you're you're gonna get thrown around or you're gonna get at least a little bit confused there. And so that's kind of what Odin does to you over there. Um on top of that, I mean he's a pretty solid athlete, 8.2 for agility, 8.3 for strength. You see him consistently, you know, using that speed to get around blockers, using strength to get a good push on some guys and uh, whatnot. And I definitely love seeing that. Um now getting to his lower grades here and some things I want to talk about. 7.8 for hit power, 7 for tackling. Tackling wise, I think he could definitely get a little bit too handsy. Like not in a good way, but like a hand tackler type way, you know, where it's like you could you could have some better form tackling there. And so I think that's just a consistency thing there. As far as far as power rush goes, I gave him a 6.5. You could definitely see that he has some, you know rips and bull rushes and stuff like that um but I, I just i feel like sometimes it's just not as executed as well as it could be as well as the speed rushing moves are and so i i think it's about average right now but there's definitely some upside there attack or sorry hit power i want to talk about because i know you gave him kind of a higher grade here i i feel like I mean, yes, I also gave him a, the highest grade out of everyone on this top five list at a 7.8 for hit power. That's not saying a lot, though, you know, with 7.8 being the highest. But I think, you know, um, <clears throat> a lot of his biggest hits come from him just gaining speed and just knocking a guy out. And obviously, if anybody gets a free shot where they just get to gain speed and hit somebody, you know, obviously those hits are going to look bigger, I think. 
there are a lot of times though where it's like ah, you're not talk you're not tackling through a guy and so your hit power is definitely suffering a little bit more than it should there it's probably a realistically a little bit higher if he's hitting them with his full force and you know the right way so that's kind of where that lies there and then um, as far as speed rush goes, I mean, I already explained it. I, I like his moves. I like the first step. Like I said, I'm definitely evaluating more from a defensive tackle perspective. Like, you know, how many defensive tackles have the first step that he has? I, nobody in the state, I think, has the first step that he has, in my opinion. Um, there's only one other guy who's the number one guy here who I think comes close. But even then, I think I like Odin's first step better. And that's what I consider when looking at speed rush as well. So that's really all I have to say there. I mean, overall grades lower than yours, Cody. Uh, but still, 80.2. I think he's a solid three-star, like low three-star guy, you know, Um Probably more so an FCS guy than anything at at best. But I could see some of the D2 looks that he has been getting. But, uh, Cody, do you want to talk about his outlook here? And, I mean, what do you think about my evaluation as well? I could definitely see where you're coming from on the speed rush angle on, you know, that first step and whatnot. Um... And I can see where you're coming from in the hit power, but I definitely think even comparing it to like the hit power of some of those guys on the, you know, higher end of things that I think it's not the same. It's still gridded a little bit lower, but I do think that he provides more of a pop. And, you know, if I'm watching the film of an Odin Johnston as a player, it's like, all right, well, that's somebody who I don't want to get crunched by you know, in the middle of the field versus some of these other guys that I just don't think instill that same kind of like fear, I guess, with the with the hit power. So that's kind of where I'm coming from here. And then as a quarterback, you know, like, all right, well, I better get rid of the ball because this guy is on the way and he's going to deliver quite the pop. So I think that those are some things that we obviously just saw a little bit differently as well. And I could see what you're talking about. And also uh stick to my guns here a little bit but with odin i definitely think that he's a little under overlooked here um and i think a huge part of that is that he plays at lakewood which for those who aren't familiar with lakewood football i can't say that i blame you um they're a team that's been struggling for quite some time so but despite all of that, he still has offers to CSU Pueblo, University of Jamestown, and Northern State University here. And honestly, he's somebody who I think that, you know, while we are evaluating him as an interior defensive lineman, I feel like he's somebody who could see playing time a little bit sooner than later on this level of football at either position, whether that be offensive tackle or on the defensive line, at least on that level of football here. Now, if he wanted to continue in either of those, you know, there's a chance that he could get in, make some plays, and transfer. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like he's going to have to come to a decision. He's going to have to, you know, just kind of do what he can for the team, whatever that may look like. And depending on how this first year goes, I think it's going to shake out how the rest of his outlook goes, you know, as far as, you know, when does he get in? Because I think it's more of a win, not an if, just with all the like technique things that he does pretty well. And 
following that, when he is given that opportunity, what does he make of it? And does that open up new doors for him? Or does he continue to be, you know, a D2 guy who I think could be like an all-conference player on the D2 level? And once again, that's at either position, in my opinion. But I do like him a little bit more as a defensive tackle. Part of that is just like, I feel the availability of positions and whatnot. And I feel like the need and the list of competent defensive tackles is just a little bit shorter than offensive tackles. Coach V, there's kind of a lot to unwrap there, but let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, so I agree. I think he could definitely play offensive lineman on the D2 level for sure. I think as far as upside goes, he could also play defense. I mean, the highest level of play that he could, I guess the position, sorry, that he could play at the highest level of play is probably the D1 FCS level as a defensive lineman. I don't think he's probably an offensive lineman on that level, but I think more so defensive lineman there. But, I mean, he's, he has some offers. He has some looks here. I think regardless, though, you know, I mean, at this point, I don't know how many more offers he's going to get. He will probably get two or three more as February, you know, or end of January, really. Uh, at February, end of January approaches, you know, he's going to get a couple more offers, maybe two or three more. But, I mean, for Odin, you kind of just got to, I mean, you got to decide what you want, right? And I think he's legitimately somebody... Who could play for a contender on a lot of D2s. You know, a, a team that can always make the playoffs, you know, um, be in contention for a conference championship and maybe even a national championship as well. And, you know, for somebody coming out of a program like Lakewood, that could be really appealing, honestly, <laughs> winning uh, on the college level. You know, high school, <coughs> it's tough. But if you could go to a winning program and be happy there and be valued as well, because I think he can bring a lot of value and a lot of production to programs, like probably sooner than later than a lot of these defensive linemen we've been talking about. I think there's definitely a lot to be liked there. Now, as far as maybe chasing your dreams and trying to go D1, I think he could do it. It's just, you know how it is, man. It's an uphill battle, especially with defensive players. Like, I think as far as walk-ons and, like, offering scholarships go, I really feel like that there's a huge bias towards offensive players and that they are more willing to offer an offensive player a D1 offer as a walk-on sooner, like, a lot sooner than a defensive player. And so you kind of just got to take everything into consideration. But, you know, we know what, what levels he could play at. At this point, I think it's just more so what he decides or where he decides to play at. And, you know, what he decides is important to him, plain and simple. I think that's a pretty fair way of saying it. The choice is yours, Odin. Yes. And looking forward to watching him play on the next level. I know everyone kind of memed him and whatnot, but at the end of the day, he could play. You know, he's not with 6-0 anymore, you know, but that doesn't change the fact that he could still play, right? And so definitely looking forward to where he goes and, you know, rooting for him for sure. I think he's a good player and he's number two here for a reason. So there you go. But uh, Cody, do you mind if I talk honorable mentions here real quick? We don't have a whole lot of them. 
I feel like this is definitely one of the smaller honorable mentions list. Yeah, go ahead and give these guys their flowers, and then I'll talk our number one guy. Yeah, sounds good. So, I just want to list a couple honorable mentions. Only had four, really, honorable mentions. I feel like when it comes to interior defensive linemen and tackle, I mean, size does matter, right? You have to be, I would say, at least 250 pounds, you know, to to really make this list unless it's just like a really small class in general but there's not many of those in my opinion but some guys i want to talk about and shout out vista peaks jalen payne lutheran's landon wrote oh my god roshek i want to say uh thomas jefferson's travion johnson cherry creeks exodus johnson uh, all good players I'll, I'll talk about them each briefly here vista peaks jalen payne you know he's more of your traditional nose tackle just didn't quite make the list, you know, obviously with where the game's going and just not being, I guess, one of those, I mean, I don't know, the better nose tackle of the two here that we really uh, evaluated next to Braden Skinner. So there you go there. Then we had Landon from um, Lutheran here. I mean, just really undersized, 5'11", 255, but has a lot of skills, you know, a very skilled player who, you know, did his job in the trenches this year, these last two years, which resulted in Lutheran appearances in the state championship. Speaking of state championships, we have Exodus Johnson, who's been part of that Cherry Creek uh, squad, Cherry Creek squad over there these last two years, and was formerly part of a really good Arapaho defense a couple years ago as well. You know, 6'4", 265, he's also undersized. I think... Honestly, he could be a really good defensive end on the next level. It's just unfortunate that he had to play a lot of defensive tackle on this level. Um, He could be a good project player, though. I'm not ruling that out. I think he could definitely be a good project player and always rooting for him for sure here. I just don't know if he's quite... I I just don't know if he's quite, in fact, an interior defensive lineman. So there's that. And then there's Travion Johnson from Thomas Jefferson. He did his thing. I mean, he was part of a really tough defense over there and obviously loved his game as part of an elite defense on that 4A level. But, uh, Cody, anything you want to say or mention about these honorable mentions or anybody else you want to add on before you talk about our number one guy here? I mean, shout out to all these guys. I mean, huge shout out to uh, Troy Mattia that out there in Rifle, you know, who I got to see play a couple of times and take over games. Just not any film to watch, which was kind of tough. But, you know, it is what it is. And uh, a lot of these other guys, I think, could find success on the next level here. But the number one. Class of 2024 interior defensive lineman is none other than Erie's very own Jackson Cogill out of Erie High School, our number one interior defensive lineman in the class of 2024 here in Colorado, the Washington State commit. That's that's the one that you use for the TikTok. Anyways, Jackson here, he is fantastic. He fires out of his stance super quickly, and he does a good job of getting a hand or helmet on the ball, forcing, you know, fumbles and stuff like that his hands are strong whether that's against opposing lines or grabbing ball carriers in a vice grip here he's been shown to stand his ground on double teams and he moves pretty well he's got a nice blend of power and agility or speed 
And I think that his ability to read the plays properly and play the read option so well is his greatest strength. His play recognition for me is at a nine. That is the highest grade out of anyone on this grid in any category. And I think that it's the only one deserving of it. I also think that his run stopping is very, very solid at an 8.9. And I think that his play recognition and his ability to get into the right spot is so important to how well he plays opposing teams and how well he gets into the right spot. I also want to shout out his agility here at an 8.8. .8, also the highest out of any guys on this list, which is going to be kind of commonplace because I definitely feel like Jackson here was kind of in a league of his own when it came to evaluating these interior defensive linemen. And it's just the amount of things that he does pretty well. I think that he's pretty dang strong. He fights through double teams, like I said, pretty well. I think that he uses his hands extremely well in one-on-one -on -one situations, blowing past opposing linemen and using a variety of hand fighting moves to make that possible as well. And then, you know, agility-wise, saw him pull off a little spin move in one of his pass rushes here, which is always a good and not like a clunky one. Like it, it was a spin move. It wasn't, you know, a DeMarcus Ware level, of course, but to be able to have that in your bag definitely means something. And I think that he's, you know, somebody who packs a punch when he hits. And he also has the speed as well, I would say, to get around the edge, especially on stunts. Or, you know, when he's playing that more 3-4 defensive end that I still think is, a, you know, more closely aligned to that interior D lineman kind of ish. He is somebody who can get past and blow past opposing players and whatnot. So his speed rush sits at an 8.4 for me. Like I said, hand slash extension, 8.8. .8. Tackling, I think that he's way more of a sound tackler than anyone else on this list, pretty substantially. I have him at an 8.5. He's very disciplined. He knows when to go get the tackle, and then he knows when to let the tackle come to him, which is very important. And then at that six foot four, 275 pounds, that's an 8.6 grade for frame here. Coach V, I want to hear what you have to say before I talk some of his areas of improvement and then his outlook. Yeah, uh, Jackson Kogel, man, he's somebody who I've really enjoyed watching this last season. I feel like his junior year was, I, I don't know, I feel like there are a lot of injuries. I didn't get to watch him as much, but this year I actually just was able to rewatch the full for a state championship and man, did he go to war against Court Towns, that Palmer Ridge offensive line. It was always well coached, and that kind of sealed the deal for me here, honestly. But uh, let me just go down the line with all my grades. 9 for agility, 9 for speed rush, 8.8 .8 hands extension, 8.5 for tackling, um, 8.2 power strength, 8.3 run stopping, uh, 8.6 for frame, obviously, at 6'4", 275. You know, he is just... He's a very athletic defensive tackle here. That's why I gave him a nine. I honestly think with this athleticism, he can play defensive end as well, you know, but when you just watch him go and, you know, he gets into open space and he's tracking down dudes, he is somebody that is really hard to escape. I mean, just watching that state championship game, so the number of times he's able to get into the backfield is insane. Uh, and, you know, he's not always going to make 
he's not always going to make that tackle. Erie is obviously talented enough where they have a bunch of other guys who are cap more than capable enough of getting back there. He's going to cause some chaos, and he's going to get back there because of his speed that's just so much faster than everyone else over there. And, you know, that's really all you could ask, you know, out of your interior defensive lineman. Go cause some chaos, you know, go disrupt the play. And he gets back there, and he does it. On top of that, you know, he's very smart. His play recognition, I put at 8.7, which is the highest out of everybody on this list. You know, he's not somebody who's going to get fooled often. You know, at this point, you could definitely tell that he does his film work here as, you know, he reads plays so well. And, you know, has a really good understanding of what the play will be. And he's somebody, I think this is really important. He's somebody that's going to put himself in a position where if he can't make the play, then somebody else will. And sometimes in football, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and especially Especially when you play defensive linemen, you need to put yourself in a position where somebody else can make the play, you know, and the, and for you, the play is eating up a block or turning away somebody from, you know, from the strongest side of the field or whatever, or wherever they're most comfortable running the ball, right? Some guys are more comfortable running right than left or forcing a cutback there or whatever, you know, just being disruptive. And he just does a really good job of that being just a very unselfish player, you know, eating those blocks, you know, getting in those lanes. And that's where a lot of his impact is felt, I feel. Obviously, he's great getting in there, pass rushing. I think he's a good pass rusher from the defensive uh, tackle position but also just getting in there and disrupting and allowing somebody else to go make the play for a loss as well which is what matters that's big time for sure so absolutely love Jackson's game here and uh I mean Cody do you mind if I talk about some of his lower grades this won't take long I only have like two really here yeah same yeah I mean 7.8 for power rush the the moves are there I think if he gets stronger, then those power rush moves will be more effective. So there's that. But the timing's there, which is good, and the skill is definitely there. But uh, definitely lacking a little bit in strength. I mean, gave him an 8.2. I don't think he's the strongest out of uh, everyone on this top five list here so far. But it's still fine. Three-star level. I think it's definitely doable. You know, but the power rush moves definitely hurt from that. And then hit power gave him a 7.4. The thing that sucks about this is that I'm watching him and I like his tackling. So it's not a form tackling thing like most of the other guys on here. He's tackling them and there's just not a whole lot of pop there. I'm sure, you know, he could continue to get stronger and whatnot and like, you know, really improve on that. But it, it definitely feels capped to a certain degree. So unfortunately that is i mean that's just that not much more you could say there so there you go overall grade though 84.3 i think he's a firm three-star guy and a good one at that but cody what do you think about my evaluation and you know what are some lower grades of yours for jackson kogo here i mean i agree i have lower grades and basically the same spots here I mean, his hit power and power rush, I both have an 8.2 because I think he shows flashes of it. It's just not at the consistent enough level that I want to see to give it a higher grade. So, you know, consistency, that's basically the difference between, you know, these good to great grades is how often are they able to do it. And I definitely think he can get stronger. And 
you know, there's there's no like ceiling on that. I definitely think that he has room to grow stronger for sure. And yeah, I think that when you combine all this together, well, obviously it comes out as our number one guy. It wasn't really close for either of us on an individual level. And then as a cumulative grade, 85.2 here with no other prospects having a cumulative score of over an 82. So, you know, I think that he was standing on an island by himself here, and it's really interesting to see what he will do next year and in the future here. I feel like he's been committed to Washington State for quite some time here, and I don't know. He just kind of fits the vibe as a very athletic guy up front and somebody who could make a lot of noise and be very disruptive in especially the pass game. I think that there's a lot of untapped potential there since, you know, he did play in Colorado and a lot of teams aren't really passing the ball. And I think that he is somebody who can dominate in the pass game and be a three down defensive lineman, which I think is the biggest difference between him and a handful of these other guys that are going to have to, you know, I mean, all of these guys will be able to rotate in here and there to, you know, just get acclimated here. But I think that Jackson is the quickest one who will see probably the most steady playing time here. I feel like he's the most next level ready. I feel like he's probably the most versatile defensive lineman on this list, just with everything that he does right. Obviously, his agility opens up so many doors as well for what he can do up front. And he's somebody who I think has already ran a few stunts as well and has ran a bit more complex stuff. And I think that that makes him also just a bit more ready for that next level here. He still probably takes a red shirt here, but you know, I think that, you know, especially if he gets another 20 pounds and he's even able to move, maybe not to the same extent, but to a similar extent, that makes him extremely dangerous. Yeah. I mean, first off, happy that he's going to Washington State. I know their whole future is in question with the Pac-12 collapsing and them kind of being the odd the odd man out. But, uh, you know, it's a good program. They got some good players. They've always shown Colorado some love. I think he'll fit into there really well. And, I mean, yeah, if he does gain 20 pounds, which he should, he could probably be a rotational guy right away. I mean, if he waits another year, I think if he waits two years... Or if we wait two years, I would say, he is probably going to be at least in competition for that starting spot over there if he continues to play defensive tackle. I'm sure there's also a universe where they might just kick him over to edge and whatnot, but, you know... I really like him at defensive tackle. I think he could be dominant there. I think he could be a, well, can't say all conference because they don't have a conference. Um, but uh, he, he, could, he could be one of the best defensive tackles e in the country, I think. it's Like I said, the future of Washington State personally really worries me. Uh, and it sucks because they have so many players playing well. But, you know, I think there is something to be said when your star quarterback, Cam Rising, decides to enter the transfer portal. Or, sorry, Cam Ward, not Cam Rising. Cam Ward decides to enter the transfer portal and then goes to the NFL draft. Because, um, I don't know, he just doesn't want to be there anymore. Even though he definitely could have stayed, right? There's definitely that opportunity for him to stay. And so, with that being said, I am worried about that 
But I'm not worried about Jackson. I think, you know, wherever, you know, he ends up playing at and, you know, playing for, I think he's going to do a good job. And, yeah, I'm really excited. He's definitely somebody who could see the field sooner than later. And also, Cody, I might be mistaken, but I think this is also the first pair of twins that have made our top five series list in the same year. Well, yeah, I mean... I made our top five uh, list. Period. I don't, I don't think it's the first pair of brothers. Qualify. The Purchase Brothers. So, yeah, but they're not twins. No, I know. Um, so yeah, I guess that's so. There you go. Shout out the. <laughs> shout the out good the, players. The Kogils. I'm in my head about it now, so now no. I'll never say it right. I was saying it wrong for too long. I know, because you also messed up on Mason. Segment. So, <laughs> hey, that. I recognize that they could play. I got shells filled breakdowns. I'm just illiterate. So, yeah, and uh, he is you not play me. Football, the more likely you will be too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, great players. <laughs> A big part. I think this is important to throw out there. Huge part of Erie State Championship squad. Their first state championship, at least in 4A. I want to say. You know, but it could be their first state championship ever. You know, huge contributors to that squad. Both of these uh, Kogil brothers played both ways. I'm pretty positive of that. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty positive of that. So this is a very talented um, class of 24 that Erie is graduating in general. So there's that. But uh, yeah, don't have too much more to add here. Cody, do you want to close it up? Yeah, I got you. So for a final recap here, our top five interior defensive linemen in the class of 2024 in Colorado went as follows. In ascending order from number five, Braden Skinner out of Banning Lewis Academy. Number four, Tyrese Johnson out of Ralston Valley committed to Air Force. Number three, Chaz Barnett out of Rock Canyon. Number two, Odin Johnston out of Lakewood. And number one, Jackson Cogill out of Erie, the Washington State commit. For more top five content and seeing where we ranked a bunch of other seniors this past year at their positions, be sure to check us out anywhere that you listen to podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Pod That. There's a bunch of websites. Honestly, you look us up and we are on a lot of podcast sites. So go ahead and look us up there on Google. And while you're there, our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok should all come up. Go ahead and follow us on all of those so that you can see graphics and highlights and players that we are putting on basically every single day. You know, that Instagram handle is at Playmakers Corner. Same with our TikTok. Our Facebook is Playmakers Corner, two different words. And then our Twitter slash X is at Playmaker Corner. And then our YouTube, two separate words, just like our Facebook Playmakers Corner where we upload all of the episodes there as well. Go ahead and turn on notifications for any of those, whether that's in your settings on your phone or on the app settings, so you just know when we have new episodes out. We're going to have a lot of these players from our top five series on for interviews. We're also gearing up for women's flag football coming up here in February, so we're pretty glad to be getting this top five series wrapped up. 
Be sure to listen back to all of those other episodes as well and stay tuned for more content here and maybe some new voices and faces as well. I've been your co-host for this episode, Cody Stoffer. And I've been the other one, Coach V. Tune into our next episode, which should be very controversial.